When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest believes that passion creates action and action creates results and that what you plan for, you can actually achieve. Funny about that. So why is it that so many small businesses today sadly still fail? Now, joining me on today's show is Stephanie Scheller. Stephanie may be young, but she has worked with more than 600 businesses and thousands of individuals in the past five years. Now, at 25 years old and using the same system she teaches, she's built businesses from scratch in less than five months to replace her full-time income and walked away from from her corporate job to run her own company which is dedicated to disrupting the way the world goes into business through sales, marketing and systems. I love that. Now on today's show, Stephanie is going to share with us about passion creating action and action creates results. There may be some really great insights into why you're not generating the results you want in this particular insight. She's also going to be talking about the importance of who we need to surround ourselves with and how to choose the right friends, as well as understanding that we have got to change the way that we are doing business if we want to survive and of course what that means. Welcome to the show Stephanie. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible introduction. I don't know what to say after that. (laughs) I think um, one of the most insightful things that people will often do on the show and I'd love to give you an opportunity to share particularly that you have gone from corporate to now running your own business because many women who do watch and listen to this podcast are in transition But unlike you, they often will remain in corporate because they take some real courage to walk away from from a paid job. Because as we know, in business, it's tough and we don't really know where the next client is coming from. So take us back um, through that. Had you always had an interest in entrepreneurship? How did that pan out for you? Oh, that's a really good question. So I was raised on the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. I don't know if you've read those ones. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my parents would, that was what we did. Dad sat us down every Friday afternoon, evening, and they read to us from those books, mm-hmm. uh, all of his books, like tons and tons of real estate investing books and you know, build your wealth. And so all the way through junior high and high school, I was told, you know, this is what you want to do. My parents started their own business. I went to school to uh, learn how to run a horse barn. I was going to open my own business, mm-hmm. graduated, of course, with you know six figures in debt and sitting there going, what do I do? What's plan mm-hmm. B? Um, so I ended up getting a job as a marketing, I called it a marketing consultant. I was really 
a sales rep, but mm -hmm. I was pretending I was a marketing consultant. So I would it, I, I told people, you know, Hey, I, I consult, let me, let me talk with you about your marketing. I did really well with that. Mm -hmm. And of course the company I was working with at the time after three years started messing with my paycheck as many companies do to the really good sales reps, yeah. which sucks that they do that. Um, but they messed with the paycheck. And so I said, okay, I need a plan B. So the, the cool thing was like, I was kind of pushed into it. There mm -hmm. was an external force that, um, said basically, you know, you need to make more money. Mm. And then my boss actually, this was the real catalyst. So I'm such a, I'm such a, like, don't tell me what I can and can't do person. Mm -hmm. Um, I told my boss the like seventh, eighth month in a row where they were like messing with my paycheck. And I looked at my boss and I said, I will not be here in six months. Mm. And he, he goes, oh, you don't mean that. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And that gave you even more fire in your belly to, oh, man. Oh, that like, was oh, when man. I got a ticket. I flew out to California to become a, a trail sales trainer, trained mm -hmm. to be a trainer, and it just ran from there. And I, every time I would get tired or frustrated, all I could think about was, I'm going to prove to this guy I'm mm -hmm. not going to be here in six months. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, four months later, I had, I was making more money part-time than full-time. And yeah. I was like, it's amazing, Why? isn't it? When you speak to people who have made a transition, there is something that often an external force, which is really driving them a real need. It's almost like a survival fight or flight situation, isn't it? Yeah. That really drives them forward. If you look back, um, had you not had that, do you think, I mean, you may, you, you would have, I'm sure you just, that, that sort of person I see from your attitude and your approach that you would have, but maybe not as in a shorter time span. It may have taken you longer. Do you think? Yes. I think that once I made up my mind to go do it, it was going to happen pretty quickly. Yep. And here's where I get that whole passion creates action and action creates results things from. Mm -hmm. I loved what I was doing for that company. I really did. However, there was a lot about working for that company I didn't like. Yes. And there were a lot of times I kind of felt like I was selling my soul mm. in exchange for working for this company. So I did not like that part of it. And so I'd actually tried twice before to build up network marketing companies to replace my income. Mm -hmm. Plus, I just remember one time at, you know, 24 years old, driving home from work, stuck on, uh, tra stuck in traffic on 281, which is one of the big uh, highways and thinking, this is happened? not my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like. Holy cow, I was raised to be this entrepreneur. I was and, mm. and I'm doing the 95 grind, yeah. you know. This sucks. Mm. And that was when I started trying these network marketing companies like, okay, let's 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 try this one. Let's try this one and I never got them off the ground mm -hmm. because I never put in the action. I never put in the effort to make it happen. Mhm. Mm well, what I realized since then was I was never passionate about those companies. I never cared about the products. I never cared. It was all about just making money and yes. getting away from the company. Mm -hmm. And so when you lack that passion, 
it very shows. hard yeah absolutely and I love that because you know many people may be listening today and doing um, similar or having a similar journey and, and maybe right in the middle midst of that and recognizing and let's dive in a bit deeper to this passion because I think there's such um, such gold within that you know why am I not but all of these other women are doing really well in the network marketing say for instance but when we yeah. have a look at it if it's not really connected to who you are and the values that you have like you were talking about loving the work that you do and I think so many of us can relate to that but there were core values that were so important to you that were not able to be lived out in your workplace similarly with your business so what does passion mean for you Let, let's just get on the same page what does passion mean for you for me passion is uh, that that drive that energy right when you mm. think about whatever it is that you're passionate about it should it should get you going. Yes. You should like, when I talk about, you know, we talk about my journey and how I built this business and, and how I'm helping these businesses. And I actually had the opportunity to do something I don't get to do very often anymore earlier today. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And it was sitting down with a very new business owner. Um, it was, it was an unpaid one. I just sat down with them just to help them out and just seeing like their brain, like this guy is going to go really far. And I was super excited mm. because I was having fun helping him set up the groundwork of his business to keep himself from failing in six months. Mm -hmm. And that was like so exciting for me. Yeah. And that's what your passion is, is yes. when you do something and you get energy out of it. Mm, I love I that. And, and we hear that again, don't we, all time and time again. And it's because it is true. When you're really passionate about something, it really is something that you would do for free. Now, obviously in business, we need to create income streams for sure. That's important. Right, right. But <laughs> the work in itself, and that's what really gets you up in the morning, even in situations where there are difficulties, you might have launched something and it didn't quite work out but you know you know what it's just a way that we tried and that didn't work out best we'll try a different way but it's that passion and that that whatever information or what you're sharing that is really driving you forward had you always recognized that this was an area that you were passionate about or had you done some exploring first before you really found what it was for you hmm. well I hadn't thought about that one I think looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm. I can see the passion all the way. Yes, you're now I able to join the dots. I was driven, mm. but in the moment, it, I didn't. I didn't recognize it. Yes, yes. And were there skills? Let's have a look at the corporate that you, the work that you were doing in the corporate. I would imagine that now in your business, you uh, have incorporated the elements of what you really loved about your work into what you're doing now. Yes. Oh yes, absolutely. And that was, that was how, like, you know, hindsight's, hindsight's where I can see I was always doing this. Yes. I got that job because I wanted the ad. I can't find it. I clipped it out and I had it for years and I can't find it anymore. But it actually said, do you love helping small business owners? Do you love designing marketing solutions on a budget? Mm -hmm. And like, I, that was the ad that I saw that made me apply for the job. Mm -hmm. And so all the way through, like that was how I approached everything I did. I called up these business owners and said, Hey, you know, your business, I know marketing, let's talk marketing. Let's look at what you're doing. I'll give you feedback on what you're doing. And yes. if one of our programs works cool, let's do it. If it doesn't no big. Mm. And that was how I got my clients. And so I took a lot of that same approach to the business mm -hmm. of, you know what, let's look at your business holistically. 
if something I'm doing can help, cool. But let me give you some ideas, some advice, some feedback regardless. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely taken a lot of what I got yeah. from that corporate world and it, applied it here. It's so interesting because prior to um, working with entrepreneurs and, and podcasting and everything, I was in the career space for decades. So personal branding, so positioning, getting noticed, hired, paid what they're worth. But another key aspect was organizations or, or people who were working in organizations that ended up hating their job and not again the nine to five i don't know how they do that but every day monday they would get up drag their feet friday they would start to come alive again because guess what the weekend was there and what i noticed a lot of times that happened and it's similarly when people are transitioning from corporate to their business because there were certain aspects of that role they kind of it tarnishes the whole role i hate everything about that role really and when we started to dive deeper into it we recognized that there were just a key out a few elements that caused them to really despise their work. And it was, again, the, some of the core values. But there were elements in that that we see we really shine if we are in a different environment. And that, once we connect with that and recognize that, we can bring that into our own, own business. And sadly, many people don't recognize that. So I'm glad, you know, thank you for, for sharing that journey and those hindsights because I think it can be a huge lesson for someone today who is maybe going through that transition themselves. So when you're talking about action, you said earlier, Earlier, you know with your direct marketing you didn't take the right action steps let's have a look then once you recognize your passion what are some of the key action steps that you now take in your business that you can see is so vital uh, that you didn't maybe take in the previous businesses when you were trying to get those uh, direct marketing businesses off the ground so are you asking that actions I took to get the business off to the get your business? So yeah, what were the key actions that you're now taking? Cause you were more passionate okay. that have really catapulted your business forward. Okay. So one of the biggest things I did was I had dedicated time to sales. Mm. Um, I went in and I was generating leads and I was, you know, sales time has always been eight to five, mm -hmm. right? Really nine to four is when you're going to make sales for the most part in the B2B world for at least. Yes. Uh, or business to business for those of you guys. Sometimes I use jargon. I forget I'm using jargon. Uh, so nine to four was straight sales time. And mm -hmm. I would do my lead generation, my social media, all that stuff in the mornings and in the evenings. But on my lunch break, I went out and I was making calls every lunch break mm -hmm. on my, you know, commute into work. I was sitting in the car making dials yeah. to try and jump, drum up clients. Um, I was willing to take vacation time to build the business, mm -hmm. whereas in previous businesses, I wasn't. The other thing that I did, I really committed all in. So one of the things I did was I went and my coach told me, he said, Stephanie, you can do this, but if you do this, there is no going back because you are going to screw yourself come tax mm. time. And so what I went, I went to the HR and I took the highest amount of deductions I could mm -hmm. so that I was getting almost all of my paycheck back instead of a chunk of it going to the government. Yeah. Um, because you would end up taking, you usually end up taking pretty heavy losses your first year in mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. So this way I wasn't paying a whole ton of taxes the next year. Um, and I was actually getting that money back now to invest it in building the business. Mm. And so basically I think I just kind of burned my bridges. 
Um, yes, I, when I you've got no other choice but today. forward, that's it. You you take those action steps. And I love also too that yeah. you've reinforced, you didn't just do some social media and sit back and hope that clients will come to your door. You proactively got out there, because I love social media too, but you know, there's this thing, this old fashioned thing, which they used in the past and it worked really well. It's called a phone. You know, you need to pick that up and dial the numbers, you know, so often. And it's, it is, can be scary, can't it? Because the nose and the rejection, but you know what? It may just be that that potential client's not just ready yet. But once you start to build the momentum, share a bit about this because this is such an important lesson for all of us. When you build the momentum and you're having 10 conversations or whatever, those minimum no's, they're not like no longer impacting you because of the fact that you have got call after call, contact after contact, and it's not just one contact here that gets a no and then one contact there that gets a no. It's that momentum that's so important, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And there's this level where when you've got so many leads to call, so many people to call on, you get to this point where you're almost like, look, if you're not interested, just tell me so I can yeah, move on. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'd love a no or a yes, whatever it is, it's okay. We can move on. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And that was what we got to was I was just like, I have one hour to make my lunch, to make my calls. Mm -hmm. Just tell me yes or no and don't waste my time. Yes. Like I got to that, but I was at the same time and I say it, and then people are like, oh, I'm allowed to be a jerk on the phone. No, that wasn't really what I was no. Um, But I, I was so excited about what I was doing that I was just like, you know what? If you're interested, cool. If you're not, it's fine. No big deal. Yes. I just want to get to the next call. And they yeah. were like, oh, okay. And that energy attracted people. And so now people are like, this chick is so yeah. interested in what she's doing. Maybe I should check it out too. Yes. Yeah. And there's that inner confidence, isn't it? Not because, um, you know, you feel that that client, you know, almost that desperation. I need this client. I need this client. Is it, If it's a yes, fantastic. Give you 110%, you know, support. If it's a no, look, that's great too. You're not yet, re yet ready. I want to know that so that we can move on because there's this energetic feel that often can be there. Um, so good. Yeah. Such great, great insights there. Let's talk about the importance of who you surround yourself now you obviously got some really good advice from your accountant you were saying so that helped you put into place some structures often we don't get that and we can end right. up you know making the wrong decisions that end up um, yeah impacting us let's talk about this who were some of the key people that you surrounded yourself that really influenced and supported you some of the key people, so I went to, I'll never forget, I went to my, he was my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband. Um, one of the conversations I had was with him and I said, I am building this and I am going to go put all of my time and energy into this basically. It, you know, our relationship is going to change a lot. We've been going for bike rides every night after work been spending the weekends, you know, going to theme parks and having fun together. And that's got to change. Mm -hmm. I've got to spend this time to build this business. And I'm going to spend three years really dedicating everything I can to this business because three years is the time frame where mm -hmm. people end up going in and falling out. I said, so three years is going to be crazy. If you're willing to stick with me through it, cool. If you're not, now would be the good time to get out. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so and I bet you was, he's glad he did. Really <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he's he's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I had that one. I had my mom who was backing me up. My dad was scared to death. He was like, You're doing what? You're yeah. quitting your job. You're oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like, I love you stuff and I'll I'll support you. But it was like I'll support you, but I'm scared for you. Yeah. Um, but I had my mom, I had my my boyfriend, I hired a coach. That was mm. one of the first things I did. Um four weeks in, I hired a coach. Mm. 
I made zero my first four weeks in business. <laughs> the last three months was really where I made money. Um, I had a couple of mentors and I started going to events and putting myself in places to be around groups of people mm. who thought differently. Yes. Because we do tend to shift how we think and how we look at the world mm -hmm. based on who we surround ourselves yeah. with. So I started working really hard to make sure that the people I was hanging out with were also talking entrepreneur and you know what? Yeah, let's take the risk. Let's go for mm -hmm. it. Um, those were probably the biggest keys. And I talk about friend power all the time because I think people underestimate, they know, hey, the people I hang out with is important. Yes. They underestimate the power of choice you have. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to choose the friends you spend your time with and they will either elevate or relegate your success. Oh, absolutely. And I think within that too, as you said, really being careful of who you do surround yourself with, but also the people that maybe you have been surrounded with, but you recognize that they just have no understanding and them speaking into your life at that time, as you said, you really had to knuckle down three years. So many people give up after nine months or even, you know, 12 months because they think, well, I'm a failure. It's like you need to build the key foundations and it takes time but it's also um, giving yourself permission as you said to close the doors on some people because of the fact not in a nasty way but again right. if they're questioning you and causing you to doubt oh, I told you that wouldn't work kind of thing that's not supportive and and we really need to be so did you do that as well you're very careful about who you spend a lot of time with um, limited maybe conversations with people who didn't quite get what you were doing I did, and I was never nasty about it, yeah. but it was I would just stop making additional time, mm -hmm. started being, you know, and it, it, I was busy anyhow. It wasn't like I was making up excuses to avoid hanging out no. with these guys. Yeah. But, you know, like there was this one chick at work that we would go, you know, I didn't smoke, but she would smoke, and I would go out to hang out with her, mm -hmm. and uh, I started having to really limit the amount of time I spent. Yeah. around her. Yes. Um, there were multiple other people that I just stopped focusing so much, to, even, even a couple of family members. And mm -hmm. I know that's really controversial. Um, so I want to be really clear. It wasn't that I didn't love them any less. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't hate them for, by any means, but there were a couple of family members that I had to be really careful with, especially one who was very, very negative, very, mm -hmm. um, very down view on life. And I actually stopped really returning that person's calls or spending a whole bunch of time with that person mm -hmm. because I, and I told them, I said, you know, Hey, I love you. I'm just not available right now. Mm. And I was never mean about it, but I did make choices to move some people out of a heavy portion of my life. And I still do that every month, every six months I go through and I look at who am I spending time with and mm who am I excited with and motivated with after I'm done? And then who am I drained and exhausted by? Yeah. And I so start moving important. these people off my calendar. Yeah. I think boundaries are so important and how we reframe or, or frame the, the, the conversation can make a huge difference. And I remember one of my mentors just recently, she was saying that when she catches up for one conversation and coffee with one of her friends, her friend will often come, you know, come down on her and go, um, why are you working so hard? I thought you started your own business to be able to work your own hours take more hours off and eventually my then my now mentor said um well you know let's just agree to disagree this is probably something that we don't see eye to eye but I love you for all the other reasons so and so 
she put boundaries around what could be discussed yeah. to so that there wouldn't be that that conflict going on there and as you say if people can't respect that then it's um then it's a, a wise move to to you know limit the amount of, of time so very important what would have been if you can think back i mean i'm sure there's lots of different insights but when you think across the mentors and the people who supported you was there a common theme or an insight that they shared that really helped you keep focus and on track can you recall anything you know from one of your mentors over that time as you were building that business in the three years there was one that my coach would say all the time and I didn't understand it for a long time so it kind of got stuck in my head kind of as like a what does this mean mm -hmm. and he would always say if you argue for your limitations you get to keep them oh. and it took me a long time to really like I, I was always too embarrassed to ask him like what exactly does this mean um, so I just played it over in my head, played it over. And what I've realized is, is when you're talking about, you know, what you've accomplished, what you haven't, when you sit there and make excuses mm -hmm. and you argue for why you have that limitation or why it happened, mm -hmm. you get to keep it. Yes. When you start to look for the solution, yeah. you get what's past that limitation, which is the success. Yeah. And so that was, that's probably the biggest one that stuck in my head, which is a funny reason to stick in my head. Just I, I love that one. It. Now, let me ask you this. Had, did you actually ever say to him, uh, what does that mean? Or did you just look at it? Like sometimes, you know, when someone says something, we go, yeah. And we think, I don't know what they just said. Had you, <laughs> did you ever approach him or did it take a while for you to suddenly realize what that meant? And he had that huge aha. No, I never, I never approached him. If he hears this podcast, yeah, he's, he's so surprised. <laughs> you know, all those times I said, I love that quote. I'm thinking I have no idea what that means. That's great. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's just, it's, it's um, a really good lesson for us sometimes to, to check in, ask, you know, sometimes we, um, we, we often don't want to ask or check in because it's like, oh, they might think differently of, of me. But I love that sometimes though, in some instances, we do need to grow into that. And now, of course, you recognize that, but that's so true. That is so true. That is a powerful one. Yeah. So understanding that we need to change what we are doing in our business if we want to survive. You talked about um, disruption in your introduction. I love disruption too. There's so much noise, so much going on online and offline. Businesses need to really rethink the way they're doing things. Share a couple of things that you're doing quite differently or that you're suggesting that your clients do differently so that they can get better results. So I am really, really pushing my clients to spend time working on the on the, and I know this isn't necessarily new, but mm. a lot of times business owners end up kind of being very reactive. Yes. And it's part of what makes a great business owner is that ability to be reactive and to handle problems as they crop up. But what I'm trying to teach these business owners to do is to think things through and to plan ahead and to document a lot more than they're doing. Mm. You know, perfect example, one of the biggest things I get called in for a lot of times, it's not always, you know, marketing is one, but the hiring process. Mm -hmm. People get so frustrated with the hiring process because hiring is either going to be the best thing you ever do in your business or the absolute worst. worst. Either it's going to help you grow or it's going to sabotage you. Mm -hmm. And people seem to have a hard time figuring this out. And someone told me the other day, he goes, well, isn't hiring just putting an ad on Craigslist? And I was like, Hmm. No. <laughs> I was like, you have to find the right talent, yeah. convince them to join you, and then you got to keep them around. Yes. And that requires strategy. 
very few of us are lucky enough to be that person who can inspire someone to stick with you when, and it's not that you're a jerk. It's just, you're caught up in doing the things you've got to do in your Mm -hmm. business. And oftentimes we end up bringing somebody in last minute, like, oh my gosh, I need help. So you hire a receptionist slash web admin, which what the heck, those two jobs don't even really work together. And you're going to end up with one of two people. Either you're going to end up with someone who thrives in that position Mm -hmm. because they're more of an entrepreneurial brain who can handle switching tasks and can figure it out for themselves. Or you're going to end up with a really good employee. Now the really good employees need a lot of support. They need, Mm -hmm. they need you to outline some more information for them. Then, Hey, update the website and answer the phone. Yeah. Right. They need to know, okay, how do we answer the phone for you guys? When someone asks for this, what do I do? How do I update the website? They need documentation. And so you're going to end up with one of the two. If you end up with the first person, you're going to be, or the second person, you're going to be frustrated because they can't do anything. How dare Mm -hmm. they? You know, they're so incompetent. Well, they're probably not incompetent. You probably just didn't explain it very well. Yeah. Or you're going to end up with the first person who is going to do such a good job. And most entrepreneurs end up a little bit jealous of that. So they come in and they kind of micromanage Mm -hmm. because now they want to know what this person's doing. And so the other person then says, or the other person person number one says, I could make more money doing this myself, goes off and starts their own business. Yeah. And so we end up with a lot of people running businesses who shouldn't be running businesses. They are, would be great employees if they'd just been taken care of properly. Mm. So my goal is to get people to just plan and strategize and put together the pieces of their business mm-hmm. as opposed to just going out there. And maybe you're a really good plumber, but maybe you're not a great business owner. Doesn't mean you can't become one, but you got to plan, you got to strategize, you got to put time into laying the foundation of your business yes. if you ever want it to grow beyond you. Yeah, and I think you know sometimes when we look at the what people are saying to grow our business, you know, all of these incredible technologies and platforms that we have, unless we've got the right strategy and the right foundations, we don't know how best to leverage it. And I think often as business owners, we're trying to take on too much, we spread ourselves too thin, and then we end up not doing anything well. And so sometimes yeah. as a business, it's let's really knuckle down on this. Let's get this to the point where you're delivering exceptional results and generating exceptional results. And then we can move to the next element that we, we can add on. And sometimes it's going back and doing the old things. The the old is the, the new again, isn't it? Like ringing up, following up. So many yeah. people, I mean, I've got a colleague, he's a printer, and he said email boxes are full of emails and follow-ups and digital stuff. He said, whereas letterbox boxes are empty except for the occasional bill and leaflet. Now imagine if you actually did something that was offline, then a wow factor that was a printed, whatever it is, that is really going to stand out. So it really is about shifting and and looking at, you know, what, and that's one of the things that I love to do. If everyone's zigging, I zag and the the vice versa, but whatever we decide to do, make sure we do it well, you know, go beyond um, what people expect because you're you're going to make an impact. Can I drop an idea for your listeners? Yeah. This this is what so based on what you just said, this is one that I hadn't even thought of until recently, but especially for those guys who are trying to get into the big companies. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get to the C suite level or you're trying to get to someone and that gatekeeper is not letting you in. One of the coolest ways I've learned to do is put together a really nice fax. Because ah. they all have a fax and the person who's monitoring it isn't really guarded. They're just gonna grab it and go, Oh, attention, John Smith. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they deliver it. So it's a great way to get in. And that going back to what 
you know, has been abandoned basically. Yeah. So I love, I love doing that. Yeah. I just went uh, yesterday to an event and there was a gentleman there who was, he'd have to be in his sixties, but he came from that background of, you know, the direct marketing, the, the real copywriting, and he's blending the old, the traditional with the new, because as we know, communications are so very important, still very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. But now that he's been able to blend it, the cut through that they're getting is so important. So that really is such a, a great insight for all of us don't abandon things because people say oh we, we don't do that anymore how can you revive that how can you add you know a, a wow factor to that by leveraging it because i tell you what someone else is not going to be doing it and some of the things he shared were amazing too one one thing was um, a video card when you open up this booklet there's a video that plays. It's got a little screen. I don't know what it's called, what? but it's called, yeah. And that bypasses the, because you, yeah, it's printed and everything. And the, the, the gentleman who was using that, what was he? He was a, um, um, working for the industry, the construction industry. And what they did was they wrapped around, um, the signage around bound, you know, the fences, you know, sometimes when you're building here in Australia, anyway, you've got to wrap the fences, the boundary line with, um, yeah, with, with special protection. But what often companies do is they get their brand name on it. And so, um, they use that and they were able to bypass the gatekeepers be and it's something that really stood out and they call that a wow factor you know wow box or something like that so you know what can you do that will leverage and really cut through that noise and as you know sometimes you trial trial and error things trial didn't work quite well can we change it up a little bit it's just so important i have so enjoyed today's conversation stephanie for people who want to know more about you the work that you do how best uh to connect with you uh, they go to my website, thestephanieshuller.com, like the one and only. Yes. Um, they can check me out there and they fill out a contact or they, I, I don't know if my email is on there, but all the contacts go into my inbox mm-hmm. and I respond to them all personally. It may take me a day, but I do respond to them all personally. Great. So I would love to connect or answer additional questions from anyone listening. Yeah, fantastic. And as we can see just from uh, the conversation today, Stephanie's so passionate about building business. And I love the fact that you look at, you know, new ways. How can we change things up? How can we tweak things to really make an impact? Because that's what it's all about, I think, is really getting uh, your message in front of your ideal client, your dream client, who then you can continue to nurture and leverage that relationship, build no like and trust to the point that um, when you do have that conversation, they're ready. They've just got a couple of questions, you know, just to validate a few things that they may have still um, unanswered. And then, yep, let's let's move forward. So what we'll do for you, Stephanie, is we'll put all of the links on how to connect with you on our show notes. For those of you who are listening to the audio version of the podcast, we recorded this via video as well as streaming it live across Facebook. So come to the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash W-I-L 80. So ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash W-I-L 80. And you'll see all those connections and contacts uh, for Stephanie as well. Stephanie, if there was one insight that you would share with everyone today to get them into action, because as we've said, and if you've really validated, action is key. What would that be? It would be that everything you're going to do and everything you're going to accomplish in your life is going to take some effort Mm. and understand that and understand that effort stands for earned freedom for overcoming real tempests. Because when you put the effort in, you're in the freedom to have the life you want for yourself. I love that. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. 
You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. Changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.